It is Friday here at the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield, getting you ready for the weekend. The Super Bowl now fully in our rearview mirror. And with it starting to turn really towards, uh, you know, fully the offseason here, we figured we'd start to dig in on some of the issues surrounding the NFL uh, that are taking shape at this point. Mark, we, uh, we have uh, kind of an interesting topic to touch on today. Yeah, it's a very interesting topic. Um, I don't think it's one we really expected to have to talk about this offseason, but here we are. No, and specifically, uh, we have two... Uh, two arguably superstars in the game that have decided to walk away at or before the age of 30 years old, talking about Marshawn Lynch of the Seattle Seahawks as well as Calvin Johnson of the Detroit Lions, both stepping away or both appearing to step away. I don't think we have any full clarity from either. I, I know Marshawn Lynch has not made an official statement. I don't believe Calvin Johnson has as well. Is that well, correct? I mean, Marshawn has – he made that – tweeted at halftime or so at the Super Bowl, basically just peace and what it looked to be a picture of Cleats, you know, hung up. And it was acknowledged basically by his agent and I think the Seahawks as well that this is it for him. Yeah, and that's, I mean, knowing how Marshawn Lynch deals with the media, that's about as much as you're going to get, I think. Um, You know what that reminded me of, though? What's that? The A-Rod opt-out right in the middle of the World Series. Did... I don't know. Maybe it's just I have I have a negative impression of A Rod, rightly well, or wrongly, yeah. at this point. And Marshawn's a guy who I, I you know I feel is I think a lot of people probably misunderstand him just because he doesn't like dealing with the media, which is kind of the opposite of A Rod, who loves to hear himself talk and do whatever he can to get in front of the media. Marshawn, when I when I kind of looked at that, I I didn't view it necessarily as you know, a slap to the NFL. Oh, I, no, I, no, no. I, I don't think it was like that at all. I mean, oh, I think okay. it's just like, you know, everybody's thinking about football, watching the Super Bowl. He's like, all right, well, I probably can get everybody's <laughs> attention here. So I'm yeah, done, everybody. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think he was that, like, you know, trying to one up the Super Bowl. I mean, in A-Rod's case, I think that's what he was trying to do. But. I, I could see that. But let's, you know, talking about what this means uh, on the field, not just for these two teams, but, you know, there's been this and rightly or wrongly in sports the last 20 years, this progression and kind of this mindset where players have appeared to play longer and longer into their 30s. You know, we have a quarterback in the Super Bowl this year who was 39 years old. We see, uh, you know, players in hockey regularly playing into their late 30s, players in baseball into their late 30s. Football a little different at, you know, some of the positions that really grind you up. Obviously, running backs don't usually make it that long. But you did have more and more players making it to 34, 35, 36. Not necessarily quite the same as in their 20s. But you have to wonder, you know, do you start to see more players doing this? And how does that affect how teams deal with their players? That's an interesting point. I mean, if you think about, you know, what we saw out of San Francisco basically in the last year or so, where there's basically a mass retirement exodus from that team, Chris Borland among them basically just walked away from the game after, what was it, his first season? One season. Yeah. I mean, I don't know with respect to these two guys, you know, particularly, you know, Lynch and Johnson, if there was, you know, any sort of health concern that made them decide to hand him up. I mean, I think with Lynch, you know, the reports are he's been really smart with money, basically has lived off of endorsement deals and things like that and hasn't touched, the reports are, any of his salary money. I don't know how he'd be able to do that as a rookie, but leaving that aside, you know, if you're smart with money, you know, you're at this point in your life, 
why put yourself through the abuse if you don't need to? You've set yourself up for life, set your family up for life. You can kind of afford to walk away from the game. For Charles Johnson, I mean, it's a somewhat similar situation. Physical wide receiver who gets double teamed a lot. You know, he was not a guy that was afraid to go over the middle, so he's probably taken his fair share of hits over the years. Again, has done well. Why not just walk away when you're kind of in still peak physical condition and you can still go and do it, go around and do whatever you want? How how far back do you have to go? I mean, obviously, this makes you know three players pretty high profile in the last year now. Borland, obviously, not not near the status of these two that are retiring here, but still someone who I think people recognized was a, an up and coming player who was going to do some things in the NFL and. You, do you have to go back? Is it Barry Sanders the last time that you saw you know guys of this caliber retiring early and you know him going out at age thirty as well? Yeah, I think Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, and Ricky Williams. I mean, those are names that kind of come to mind. Guys that retired early. I mean, Jim Brown retired at thirty. Yep. Yep. Um, Ricky Williams. I'm trying to figure out who he was, how old he was. But oh wait, did he come back though? Does that Williams retired and then he came back? I think he ended yeah, so up I think playing. That's I want to say he played until he was 32, maybe 33, when he finally came back here. Because his last season was 2011, I believe. And pulling it up now, he was born in 77. So he was 34 when he finally retired for good from the NFL. Obviously, uh, took a little bit of time off. You know, didn't play in the 2004 season, 2006 season as well. Uh, But, you know, he's a guy that... You know, obviously kind of had his own thing in terms of, you know, certainly a player who and and this might almost get at the the question that NFL teams ask their players a lot when they're you know interviewing them in the draft process and so forth is, you know, how important is football to this person? Can he not live without it? Because with Williams, you know, he had other interests outside of football that he just wanted to go and do. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, Jake Locker was another example of that. He was a guy that when he was going through the draft process, there were. There was some discussion that, look, football wasn't really his biggest priority. And, you know, obviously the Titans still drafted him and, you know, it didn't quite pan out for him. I mean, other guys that left early, Rashad Mendenhall, there's another guy that left. Yep. He was 26 when he retired, had some injury problems, a fractured shoulder, a torn ACL. Javid Best, you remember him? Yeah, like, yeah. Running back out of Cal. He sure. had that horrible concussion. Do you remember that when he, he was in the end zone? He basically flipped and landed on his back. And, and, and all kinds of neck problems, too, from yeah, that, right? Yeah, that was actually when he was in college against Oregon State. Um, leapt into the end zone, got hit in midair, landed on the back of his head. His helmet popped off. So yeah. I, I guess I, I wonder, and, and look, with guys like Lynch and Johnson, you know, there's nothing to suggest that they weren't in love with the NFL life because these are guys who, you know, they were putting in the work, they were at the top of their craft, and you don't get to that point just on physical ability. We've seen guys that have the physical ability but don't put the work in and can't last in this league. These guys clearly, you know, ha- put in the work to become the players that they were. And, you know, I wonder if this if this kind of catches a lot of NFL teams by surprise here and if it starts to kind of send some ripples through those front offices saying, whoa, is this something that we need to look out for in players that maybe we didn't previously think it would be a problem? Yeah, I mean, do you think teams start to really think long and hard about long-term deals now? Well, that's that's where I start to wonder is, you know, you look at this and say, you know, how much more valuable if this, you know, continues to become more of a trend the next couple of years, 
how much more valuable do those rookie deals become? Because that's where, you know, really you've got already the, the cheap cost control of these players. But you talk about it and say, look, do I really want to be making these outlays where, you know, I'm, I'm paying players and then all of a sudden they're walking away and, and whatever plan I had for the next, you know, five, four or five years kind of goes away then. And it's it's just something that I think if, if I were an NFL executive, it would have me a little concerned just because, you know, you've got two players in one year that are that are doing this at, you know, really, you're talking about guys who were arguably, you know, in the top two or three in their position, not necessarily this year, but you go back over the last couple and and I don't think you'll find any argument there. Walking away in the same year, it's just it you know, you wonder if it starts to send signals to other players and if players start talking because obviously, you know, these guys from different teams, they all know each other and you just wonder if this is something that is going to continue over the next couple of years. I mean, maybe. I mean, or on the flip side, it could just be an Occam's razor situation where it just so happens that two guys just independent of each other for whatever reasons they had just decided, look, I've had enough. And, you know, we're making a lot of it, obviously, because it's two great players. But, you know, maybe it isn't really indicative of some larger trend. It's just the simple fact that both, you know, Megatron and Beast Mode, which as an aside, we're losing two great nicknames, too. Oh, two I mean, of the best. Not, yeah, two of the best. So, I mean, in, in, for that, I'm sad enough. No, the chance to, you know, not see these guys more makes me sadder. But it could just be that simple fact. These well, guys were just, you know, ready to go. Yeah, and, and on the other side, you know, as, as I say this, I could sit and on the other side point to, look, you've got Wes Welker, who's had God knows how many concussions right. at this point and is still trying to get back in the game. You've got Tom Brady, who says he wants to play until he's 45. So, yeah, there's, there are counterexamples here. But, you know, just, I guess, both of them, the timing of this kind of caught me off guard a little bit. And I wonder if it caught front office execs off guard as well. It's, you know, it's not going to be something we have an answer for in the near future. I don't, you know, I don't foresee uh, anything, any more coming later this year. But who knows? I didn't see these coming either. So, right. I uh, mean, what's more interesting to me, who's going to have the easier time replacing these guys is it detroit or is it seattle well you look at it and at first at first instinct you'd probably say seattle because you say okay running back you can find a running back to replace him you've got thomas rawls who's obviously going to be coming back from injury but showed that he was a dangerous force this year but you know you, you also figure lynch was a special guy for that seattle team with the amount of tackles that he broke and yeah. in particular that seattle offensive line that he had run behind is, is kind of been dismantled and they're attempting to rebuild it now. And you wonder how easy it is to find someone who can run as well behind that rebuilt offensive line, not necessarily uh, being as strong as it was previously. So it's, you know, it's a tough one to, to really answer there. I think you talk about the player that Calvin Johnson was at this point in his career and I think there's no doubt that you've started to see uh, you know, a, a decline from him. It's not to say that he's a bad receiver by any means, but clearly not the player that he was even just a couple years ago. And, and maybe you look that way and say, okay, maybe Detroit actually ends up having you know, the easier way to replace him just because the signs of decline were a little bit more readily apparent there. What do you think? I don't know. I always say it might be easier to replace Lynch and... 
it, when you look at it from a pure scheme perspective, I think Lynch was more of a focal point of Seattle's offense the past couple of years than Johnson was up in Detroit. I mean, Seattle does so much off of zone run schemes, you know, zone read stuff, build and play action off of that that he was an integral part of, and like you said, breaking tackles. Um, but when you look at both the free agent list of both these positions and the incoming draft class of both these positions, I think the running backs on both of those lists are a stronger and deeper field than the wide receivers. I mean, this free agency wide receiver class isn't that strong at no, all. No, no, it it's really, really isn't. not. I mean, you look at some names on there. I mean, Sanu might be the biggest name. Um, Malcolm Floyd, he's 34. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot there's out not there. There's not a lot there. But I mean, if you look at running backs, I mean, you know, one name that comes to mind is Alfred Morris. I mean, there's a guy that's played in his own scheme in Washington. That might be a good fit for them. Yep. Um, and then looking at rookie running backs, I mean, Derrick Henry. I mean, I know our good friend Dan Hatman isn't that high on him, but there's a guy that kind of, in my mind, fits almost what Seattle did with Lynch. Lynch was just such a special player, though, but just the, the combination of quickness, power, and, and size, just, you know, it's it was – and, and the – balance more than anything else it, it, every time I watched Lynch run it looked like he was going to break his own ankles you know it, it it looked just like he he could his he was just able to move in ways that you don't see a lot of running backs able you know that are able to do it in that fashion so you know it's 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 going to be interesting I'll say that it's I look at more maybe I'm looking more at the production that I've seen from Johnson and maybe I'm too colored just by what I saw this year uh, you know, obviously in, in a year where he was not the player that he was previously, obviously Lynch missing significant amount of time uh, as well. But let's go. Uh, we asked a question uh, out to our Twitter followers earlier tonight uh, and feel, you know, obviously we might as well, uh, you know, kind of not pay our bet. But obviously we said we would answer the best question that we got from our Twitter followers in today's show. And we had a question that came out. It was from uh, Lake Prasad. And Lake asked, who are the candidates to run the fastest time at the Combine this year, Mark? Now, I know you did a little bit of research. You're going to make me look bad on this one, but trot it out. Hit me with it. What do you think? You get, I'm only giving you one candidate, though. We get one each. And hopefully one you each? Hopefully you don't take mine. Yeah, we, one each. Yeah, we get okay, one well, each. First, can we at least give a shout-out to the Twitter handle, the fine gentleman or gentle lady that gave us this question? Yeah, it was uh, Lake Prasad with the Twitter handle, Lake McGroove. Outstanding oh, handle. Give that person a follow on Twitter, everybody. All right, here. Since you're only list- giving me one name, I'll give you this. TCU wide receiver Colby Listenby. He, um, he ran a 10.04 100-meter dash. Okay, He's so a track you're going, guy. See, I'm going to go track guy too. Are you? I'm going track. I'm going uh, Artie Burns from Miami. He got invited. Artie Burns, yeah. I think he got invited. I thought I saw I, him on the list. I was looking for him too because I knew he was a track guy. I must have just missed his name. Did I not see him on the list? Hold on, I'm pu- I'm pulling it up here. If he's not on the list, I'm going Braxton Miller because I know he's on the list. You know he's on I, the I list. I know that's a cop-out because obviously like everyone knows he's probably going to run sub-4-4. Four, four. You just wonder if he can get sub-4-3. I thought I saw Artie Burns on the list. Maybe I saw him on the list of people who weren't invited. Yeah, no, he's there. He's there. <laughs> okay. You're right. You're I'm, go- right. I'm going Artie Burns then. Yeah, he's yeah. another track guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, I think he's a hurdler, though, which yeah. you know it doesn't necessarily translate, but he is a track guy. You know, He's a guy that, you know, played 
through a hell of a season losing his mother in the middle of the season and, you know, just showed a ton of character. I think he's just going to train his ass off and, and be in absolutely phenomenal shape heading into the combine. That's a good name. I, I'll give you who my backup was. He doesn't count for our little okay. we're betting here. But Jalen Ramsey. Okay. I, yep. Yep. He, um, 10.61 in the 100 meters at the ACC championships. He's, he actually won the conference title in the long jump. And was the ran the lead anchor in the four by one for uh, FSU. That team won the uh, conference title as well in that event. You really did go all out on the uh, the research on this, huh? I did, man. That's what I do. That's my job. Schofield leaves no stone unturned. Mark I probably left a couple unturned. But <laughs> I hit a few here. Yeah, you'll get them tomorrow, right? Yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about, Mark. We're done for the day, though. Excellent, man. That is it for us. We are out for the weekend. We will be back on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. No football, unfortunately. Going to have to find something else to do. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield, we'll see you Monday.